What's going on, Spurs Nation? If you're listening to this podcast, it's because you love Spurs basketball. And if you love Spurs basketball and you want to listen to different podcasts, different takes, watch some videos about Spurs ball, and really get your fix, there's only one place to go, and that's to SpursTubeTV.com. Bookmark that page. Check out the podcast. I got them all there for you, not just from SpursTube, but I got uh, Alamo City Limits there. We got... Uh, Spurs and Salsa. We got SSPN at the line, Heroes in the Half Court, right? We're bringing the Spurs content hub to you, so you only need to go to one place, and that's SpursTubeTV.com. You can also find links to Score Big, where you can look for tickets to, to sporting events, concerts for On the Cheap, right? You can also find the links to Fanatics, which is offering official Spurs apparel and awesome merch like the new 75th anniversary jacket, right? Check that stuff out. The shooting jacket, love that stuff. The retro look. Had me hooked from the get-go. If you want to rep your all-star, DeJounte Murray, go to the website, click on the links to the Fanatics fan shop, and it'll take you to where you need to go. So head over to SpursTubeTV.com, join the mailing list so you don't miss a thing, and get your Spurs fix. Por vida. I'm a kinesiology major from the University of Texas at San Antonio, and I have a vision. My vision is to help people become healthier, live healthier lifestyles, make better choices, and to kind of break out of whatever habits that are kind of are keeping them down, keeping them from moving forward in their life and being successful. And that's a vision that I carry into this podcast. And that's a vision that I always keep in the front of my brain when I'm talking to partners and part, potential partnerships with the podcast. And, you know, discussing with Maximum Slim and their products and, and what they got going on, it was easy. It was easy for me to just say like, yo, y'all, you guys, are right there with me. You guys want the same things for my listeners that I want. And that's, you know, for them to live a healthier lifestyle and help them achieve their goals. And Maximum Slim, it's easy. It was easy. Like I said, they're an eco-friendly company that provides premium brand, all natural weight loss products, but they don't just provide the products. And that's, that's where they got me. They also provide their customers with um, health and fitness tips from certified trainers, delicious low calorie recipes from nutritional experts and they provide motivational guidance as well to help the customers live a healthy lifestyle because it's not just about what you take or what you put in your body it's it's the support that you have along the way to help you reach your goals you know my favorite product of theirs is their original coffee their keto coffee love that stuff i'm a beverage guy so you know they're helping men and women from all over the nation shed some unwanted pounds with one simple healthy cup of coffee each day i cannot recommend it enough check out the link in the description below to visit their website check out everything that they can do to help you reach your weight loss and health goals what a weekend what a weekend that was for the san antonio spurs guard dejounte murray man hit you all in the fields we're going to talk all about all-star weekend we're going to get into the rising star challenge a little bit we're going to talk about all-star saturday night and then we're going to talk about DeJounte and how he did and kind of what the whole vibe was on Sunday night. And, and it, was, it was really a special night for the NBA with that whole 75th anniversary ceremony and all that stuff. I didn't, I didn't know that was going down. So I was just like, oh, my God, this, this is like a big deal. And shout out to Cleveland for hosting and, and putting on a great, a great weekend. Um, did not expect that either. It was just awesome. Um we're going to talk about DJ's performance in the game for sure. Um, so, you know, it's going to have a, we're going to have fun. We're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up next for the Spurs on the schedule. And, and if this weekend adjusted our, our expectations for this team moving forward, 
All right, so let's get into it. You know what? I'd really kick my myself in the tail if I didn't start this podcast by congratulating and celebrating Manu Ginobili making the Hall of Fame. That's something that I haven't talked about yet, and I'm going to take a second here to express my uh, gratitude and and uh, appreciation for the man. Um, you know, it was just, it was, that was a a great little kind of, you know, uh, uh, piece of news that caught me by surprise. I totally forgot about, you know, the inductees and, and this year's class and Timmy was there last year. You'll see Manu and then you'll see Tony, right? Just like, just like the way we got, um, the Jersey retirement ceremonies, we're, we're going to get them inducted in the hall of fame for sure. Probably the same way. Um, man, Manu in my eyes is the third best shooting guard of all time. Uh, the fact that he wasn't there a part of the 75th anniversary at the all-star game to me, just that hurt. I mean, it's like, come on, dude, you see all these other players there and you see, look, and I don't have anything against Dwayne Wade, but in my, in my eyes, it's Jordan, it's Kobe, it's Manu. And it's not even close. Like, it's not even close, man. Like, like Dwayne Wade is a, uh, icon. He's a media figure he's um you know he's got tv shows he's he's popular he's he's a he's a he's a, he's a, a homestead name i understand that you know but when when you're talking about like bro he has two rings manu has four really he was only the main guy for one i mean if you want to call you know him and Shaq kind of took that that 2006 championship and and uh together you know what I mean? And yeah, Manu always had Tim Duncan, always had Tony Parker, if you want to argue that. But Manu, I mean, come on, bro. The greatness for almost, you know, 20 years, 15 plus years, whatever it was, um, you know, 2005 should have been a finals MVP, uh, was playing at a high level, at an extremely high level until the day he left the league. Like, seriously, like he he probably still come back and play. Uh, with these with these cats I mean come on the block on James Harden towards the end of his career I mean come on the whole like everyone was like giving him like a farewell tour the year before he actually left I thought that was pretty hilarious but I mean come on four championship rings gold medal European MVPs like this guy is is one of the best players to ever do it here in the NBA as well it's not it's not just about his European accolades and his total resume together I mean Manu uh, Kobe talked about it, you know, uh, RAP Kobe Bryant, right? Like talked about Manu all the time saying that he was one of the most competitive matchups that he ever went up against and seeing Kobe and Manu go at it was some of the best basketball you've ever seen clutch bucket after clutch bucket, big time plays makes magic happen on the floor. IQ level above anyone else on the floor when he's on the floor. All right. So Manu is deserving one of this hall of fame nod and and i'm i'm excited to see him get in i'm excited for his family i'm excited for the spurs and coach pop and timmy and everyone for being there i'm pretty sure that or i'm pretty sure they're going to be there that night um you know so he 
is in undoubtedly my mind top three shooting guard of all time yeah he came off the bench he he didn't have to he could have went and, and got his own team and and been a player you know that's leading the team in stats and all that stuff like that but we understand what it took to win championships here in San Antonio and it took sacrifice and Tony Parker sacrificed financially Manu Manu sacrificed um with his role coming off the bench you know like a lot of a lot of teams nowadays want to think that it takes you know two superstars right now you're seeing more of, of of teams building around two guys than three why is because when you get three superstars together one of them has to sacrifice like the chris bosh the kevin love you know what i mean the the kevin garnett right one of those guys kind of has to take a step back and let two guys because there's only so much room you know there's almost so much there's only so many shots there's only so much time on the clock for, for guys to get warm and to get in the flow and all that type of stuff. And Manu realized early that if he came off the bench, and the Spurs realized too, that he was going to be able to cook and play at his level and not have to sacrifice a dang thing for his greatness and for the team's success. That that was the sacrifice, just coming off the bench. Because we all know Manu was in the last five minutes of the game, no matter what. You know, if it was a regular season game or if it was a playoff game or a finals game. You know, Manu was in there and the ball was in his hands most of the time. Most of the time it wasn't in Tony's hands. You know, Tony had had his moments here and there, but Manu was the one usually that closed out the game for the Spurs. So he was a huge part of four championships out of the five that that uh, the Spurs have. I mean, come on. He won one um, in 03. He won one in 05, 07. And then he was a huge part of the 2014 championship as well. I mean, come on, man. How is Manu, you know, talking about Clay Thompson being a snub in this, in the 75th, which, which I, which I think he, that is, that is right. I can agree with that, that Clay Thompson maybe should have been there and he has the resume. He has the accolades. He's, he's undeniably one of the best shooters to ever play the game, but he doesn't make the top 75 list. And that's because they had to pull, from the past generations, I get it. You know, they got to pull people from the 80s and the 70s and the 60s, right? You, you got to, you or, or the 70s, I think, is when the NBA, um, I don't know, whatever, 75th anniversary, from the past 75 years, right? You got to go back. You can't just be thinking about the past 20 years. I get it. But when you're talking about championship pedigree, I mean, Manu should have been there. You know, Tony should have been there too. You know what I mean? If I'm, if I'm being honest, but you know, we're talking about Manu and being inducted into the hall of fame, which is awesome. Um, and you know what? Like Timmy wasn't there on all-star Saturday night. David Robinson was there. We're going to talk about that in a little while as well. George Gerving was there. Um, but none of the Spurs big three were there. And I like that. I, I hope that was out of solidarity, right? Like if Timmy's like, what? If Manu and Tony ain't going to be there, I'm not going to be there. I'll stand in front of this green screen and just wave around, do the whole like, you know, parade wave with the hand and, and uh, you know, that, and that's about it, you know. So, you know, I, I put out a tweet uh, as well, kind of talking about this, like how Spurs fans get so up in arms when, when they see these lists come out and you know, Manu's not there or, uh, Tony isn't there. Um, but I don't get mad to be honest. I, I can care less. I, I think, I think any type of list that comes out from ESPN or the NBA or whatever, they're just not going to give a F about anyone else besides Tim Duncan and maybe David Robinson. 
And that's because David Robinson was kind of dominant in his era. Um, you know, so if it's not those two guys, don't expect them to even think about Manu and Tony, but we will, right? In San Antonio, we do, right? They're heroes to us uh, in that city. And, you know, and I'm perfectly fine going on record saying that he's a top three in, in my eyes. Dwayne Wade is fine, but if you want to talk about the best shooting guards in the league, I have, Dwayne Wade is maybe top 10, but, bro, Dwayne Wade couldn't shoot beyond mid-range. Like, he he was aggressive going to the rim. He had the championship demeanor. Yes, he had the attitude. Um, he can. He was a he was a big time player. All that, but bro, you want to tell me he's better than Manu? Man, not even close. James Harden, not even close, bro. There's some people out there. I'm just like, bro, not even close. They're not even close to Manu, right? So I had to. I had to kind of get that off my chest and as I say congratulations to Manu Ginobili and his family and and for him being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year first ballot right like um just a great a great moment that's going to be a great moment for for Spurs fans everywhere and and uh, we'll we'll get to that uh in the summer right I believe it's around is it around draft time I think it's around draft time when they have the whole ceremony and stuff so so shout out Manu All right, so let's talk about All-Star Weekend. Uh, the Rising Stars, like, tournament, I guess is, is what it is. They had four teams going at it, and they had little games here and there in between. And I thought that was actually pretty fun. Uh, the formatting of that night was pretty cool. Um, really thought Devin Vassell should be there. We already talked about that. You know, but ultimately, I think that game was pretty cool. You know, and seeing these young players like Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, Lamelo Ball, you you had a bunch of a bunch of really good players playing, and and you can see that the league is actually going to be pretty exciting for a long time. I think if I took away anything from Friday night, it was that it was it was the fact that you know what, like this league is going to go through a shift. I think here in the next four years or so, you know, kind of like after LeBron walks out you'll you'll have curry around probably a little longer uh Giannis around for a while Jokic and and Embiid it's going to be kind of their time uh but I think talking about that next generation that that may be leading the league in about seven years or so I mean I mean it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting that there's a lot of talent coming into this league year after year in the past two years uh have been just that and it showcased on Friday night. So that was a lot of fun. Man, let's talk about Saturday nights. All-Star Saturday night. Oh, my goodness, man. All right. First off, the best part about All-Star Saturday night was definitely the skills challenge. And I I would never think in a million years that, that I would start this off uh, by saying that, right? Uh, the way that they reformatted the skills challenge was amazing. It used to just be like a race, right? It's basically a race. Everyone gets to go up and down, go through the, the obstacles, and whoever does it in less time wins, right? And that format was extremely played out already for a long time. I mean, for a long time. So the way that they formatted it this year with the teams, you had the rookies against the Antetokounmpo's against the Cavs. The hometown team was awesome. That was that was so exciting, um, to see them have to kind of do the obstacles together. It was never really about um, 
what one guy can do. It was about what three guys can do. And, and it made it like a whole team thing. And that was a lot of fun seeing the rookies kind of like go through it. You know, you can tell they were shell shocked for a little bit that a couple errors here and there. Um, but you had the passing, you had the shoot, the passing challenge, you had the shooting challenge. Uh, it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then the Cavs, man, the Cavs just, I mean, I think the Nate, the whole, you know, nation, whoever saw that, I think walks away thinking, dang, Evan Mobley is so good. He is really good. The dude can pass. The dude can shoot. And and he is going to be a problem, a problem. Now now I understand. See, we, we don't watch a lot of Cavs basketball, right? But what you've been hearing is that Evan Mobley is like a Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan type player, like level player. And I think... I think I, I think I saw it. I think I saw it in, in that skills challenge. Um, and the way that, you know, they had the, the events and then it ended on a half court shot. I mean, it was just all great. It was so good. The rookies knocked down the half court shot in nine seconds, right? Like it, all three of them are shooting and it's, it's, you know, that that's so good. It's so great. The way that they set that up, it was like, okay, we're going to time you guys. Right. And, and, you know, the, whoever goes first sets the standard of time and then the other teams have to try to beat that that time frame, and like for the half court shot to end the whole thing, uh, the rookies knocked one down in nine seconds, and then the Cavs are next up, so they have nine seconds to make a half court shot. I mean, come on, the pressure is on, right? It's like, bro, we got to make a half court shot in nine. That means it means we got to hit it early, and sure enough, man. Evan Mobley hits it in the second shot. Like, who was it? Garland or someone didn't even get to shoot the half-court shot because Mobley just knocks it down, and it was like five seconds. Like, man, like, that was so exciting. The skills challenge is in is in a great place. Uh, and, you know, uh, we'll talk about everything else that happened throughout the night. Um, but there was chatter about reordering the whole thing, right? Like, reordering all the events. And the skills challenge was was by far, I think, the most exciting, the most entertaining event of All-Star Saturday night. So the Cavs ended up winning the team of Mobley, uh, Jared Allen, and uh, Garland, right? Like, they, they ended up winning the whole thing. So the hometown team of Cleveland, the Cavaliers, actually won the skills challenge. I thought that was really cool, too, like... The fact that the way that they grouped the teams was pretty cool. You had the rookies, you had the Antetokounmpo's, which, you know, will change from year to year. I think they can keep the rookies, like a group of rookies, against the hometown team against one other team, right? And this year was the Antetokounmpo's. Maybe next year it's like, I don't know, some European guys or or whatever, right? Like you just kind of make that third group a little bit interesting every single year. I think that would be so, so cool. All right, so then... The skills challenge was followed up by a three-point contest. Shout out Patty, Patty Mills. Patty Mills actually did pretty well. I think he knocked down 21, 21 points in the three-point contest. Wasn't enough to advance to the finals, but it was a great showing. Definitely wasn't the worst. Um, that was a lot of fun. You know, I get up for I get up for that. I, I really like those Mountain Dew spots, those, um, those three-point spots. Um, in the three-point contest can really swing the whole thing, right? If you knock both of them down, that's six shots that 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 you that you the six points, right, that you get with those two shots. So they can really make up or push you in front of you know uh, the race, right? The three-point contest. So it was a lot of fun. Um, McCullum, you know, not 
didn't really perform well. Zach Levine either. Um, you know, you had uh, Luke Kennard from the Clippers who came out in that first round and was like a flamethrower. And then you also had uh, Trey Young who kind of snuck in there. He kind of started off a little slow and, and, and then ended up finishing. Uh, I think he knocked out Patty. Was it, is it him? Is it him that knocked out Patty? I think so. Um, and then you had Carl Anthony Towns, right, who was able to sneak in as well to the final round. And then Carl Anthony Towns lit it up. Holy crap, man. That that guy was in a zone. And it was so funny to hear after the whole thing ended uh, how he was calling that he was going to win for a while now, right? Like he had told, he said he told Shaq, earlier in the week and he had told Zach Levine like two weeks before uh when they had played each other uh that he was going to take it and so Carl Anthony Towns put on a show there in that final round as well I mean he he was the first guy to shoot of the last three and he just set the tone uh and set the bar extremely high for for everybody right so Trey Young followed and Luke Kennard followed and they weren't able to catch Carl Anthony Towns. I think he finished with 29, 29 points. I think it was crazy. And he, it was just so crazy. And then when he hits, when he hits, when he hit, when Carl Anthony Towns hit those shots at the, at those Mountain Dew spots, it was like game over. It was just game over. The dude only missed one ball on his money rack. It was, it was, it was a, it was a great demonstration of fantastic shooting from a big man um, who, you know, a lot of people have been saying this for a long time, that he is one of the best three-point shooting big men in the league. Uh, but him being in Minnesota hasn't really showcased that at all. And he definitely had the spotlight on him this weekend on Saturday and and put the T-Wolves on the map. They're playing well. They're in the playoff race, I believe. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, Carl Anthony Towns and the rest of this season and see how he ends up, you know, rolling with this because <laughs> I mean dude was lights out man the dude was lights out and it was so entertaining so at this point the all-star game was in pretty good hands it was it was it was going pretty well all-star Saturday night I'm sorry it was going pretty well and then the dunk contest oh man the dunk contest first off this thing started off as bad as it was as, as a whole Right, you had Cole Anthony taking twenty minutes to put on some Timberlands, taking another twenty minutes to try to even get the dunk off, and then he gets the dunk off, and what we're supposed to be happy, like bro, like he, it, oh my goodness, man, that was it was that was oh my god, dude, that was that was stupid. I'm just gonna say it, it was stupid. Uh, the whole Timberland thing, I was like, bro, this guy's gonna twist his ankle or something. Why is he doing this? Why would he do that? And then it took him so long to do it. I'm like, did he even practice this? Or is this like a last minute thing? Like, yo, I'm going to do it in Timberlands, man. You know, it's like, bro, it was, it was dumb. It was, it was, it was like a weak dunk anyways. It was just like a windmill off his, I mean, his dad was there. His dad was holding up the ball, right? Like kind of holding it up with one hand and he came in and got it. And, and like, all right, it was, it was a decent dunk. But it would have been it would have probably looked a lot cooler the first time if he did it on the first try without Timberlands on and he actually completed the dunk, which was a common thing throughout the whole night. One of the worst things about the dunk contest was that it took everybody ten minutes to do every single dunk. Everybody. I mean, biggest letdown out of the whole thing was Jalen Green. 
uh, from Houston because I was really excited to see him because the guy has bounce. He has hang time. He has the spin, right? He can do everything. But, man, did did that suck. Um, the best dunk of the night was Obi Toppin's first dunk attempt. Like, 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 like Obi Toppin jumped over a dude, put the ball around his back in midair, and then dunked it, which I thought was probably the best dunk of the night. And that was his first dunk. And it took him two, three, three chances. So I'm saying no one put a dunk in like the first try. And then you had, was it Toscano Anderson? Shout out to 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 the Hispanic. <laughs> Gotta show him some love. Um, in there, fellow Hispanic, for even being in the dunk competition. But man, him and Obi Toppin were the final two. It was just, it was just a terrible, it was a terrible long event. There was a lot of memes out there. Shaq was disappointed. The scoring was was uh was charity. Right, everyone, everyone's score was just charity because it all sucked. It was probably the worst event of the night, and we get like four years of bad dunk contests before we get a good one. And when it's a good one, yes, it deserves to be the headlining event of Saturday night. But I mean, you had you had Jalen Green, you had uh, Cole Anthony, you had Toscano Anderson. And you had Obi Toppin. We should have known right off the bat that this was not going to be good, right? We should have known. Obi Toppin had the confidence, and he had a couple of nice dunks like in his bag, but it was like they didn't. It was like I don't know. Another thing was just that they all started with like a dunk that required a second person either jumping over someone or someone passing the ball to them or or something, right? Or or throwing themselves an alley-oop or whatever it was. And I remember who said it. I think it was like Kenny Smith who was like, "Man, you you got to start off the gun the dunk competition with the ball in your hands. You got to start off like that because they all started off way too complicated and they weren't able to to deliver. And it pushed the whole event back. I mean, do they have to bring back the the time limit? Like they they each had three dunk attempts. But these guys were just jumping in the air and not even attempting to dunk like 20 times. It was ridiculous. It was boring. It was frustrating. I was just like, oh my God, it's the worst thing. I was like, man, coming off of the first two events that were awesome. I'm telling you, the skills challenge was is great. The way that they redid that is awesome. The three-point contest, it, it, it was high it was it was a high uh octane final round like like end end of it right the beginning was okay whatever so so but then you know some of the these guys started delivering and started knocking down a lot of shots Luke Kennard Carl Anthony Towns Trey Young um Patty did well um you know but and then and then it ended off awesome right Carl Anthony Towns stole the show with that one and then you get this mess man you get it was it was terrible it was terrible it was it was it was garbage man so so you know i went right after watching this dunk contest with my wife i'm like man babe this sucked and my my wife was just talking mess the whole time too she was like this is this is embarrassing and i was just like yes it's exactly right and i was like but look at this look at aaron gordon versus zach levine on youtube i pulled it up real quick i'm like this is what a dunk contest is babe look check this out and she was just like jaw dropped 
jaw dropped the whole time I was showing her the highlights of the 2016 dunk competition. Oh my God, man. That's what I'm saying. Like every four or five years, you get a good one, right? And so that raises the question. And it was at the, the girl who was who was asking questions. I, I forget her name, but she was the one talking to the to the winners after they they win the event. She was like, I heard Reggie Miller or who was it, Ray Allen or someone and Dwayne Wade talking over there saying that maybe they should uh, re reorder this thing. She asks Obi Toppin that. I'm like, what? Why would she ask that? One, he doesn't have an answer for that. Two, he just won the thing. So, yes, he is actually the champion, the actual winner, who really all he had to do was do a, put the ball in the hole on a, on a regular dunk um, to win the thing because I don't, I don't think in the final, even in the final round they weren't able to dunk the ball, which is ridiculous. But anyways, I think, I think it's a valid question. I just think it was terrible timing. Uh, I think maybe the way this game is going, you put the dunk contest in the middle. You put the dunk contest in the middle, and you try to, you try to play up the three point contest. Is that's kind of how I would change it if I had to. I really just wish we would get better dunkers every year, but I understand why it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it's not an easy thing to plan for and prep for. The bar is set so high. Every dunk has been made um, multiple times for the most part. And every now and then you see an outlier out there that can just do something amazing, but it doesn't happen all the time. Um, but definitely, I mean, seeing the, the contestants that were in there this year, yeah, we should have known, we should have known this was going to be terrible. And, and it absolutely was. It was definitely a dud, uh, of a, of a finale for all-star Saturday night. I don't even think it was over and everyone was already leaving the arena. Um, you know, so yeah, so all-star Saturday night was, was a joke, but the best part about all-star Saturday night for Spurs fans, we're going to talk about when we get right back. The best part of all-star Saturday night, hands down, had to be the moment between David Robinson and DeJounte Murray and DeJounte Murray's daughter. If you haven't seen that clip, I encourage you to go onto um, Instagram, go to the Spurs account, and check out that clip. That was some of the most, in my feelings, uh, heartwarming, wholesome, you know, type of uh, of moment that that as a Spurs fan I've seen in a long time. Um, for those of y'all that haven't seen it, let me go ahead and kind of just play it out for you. You have Dejounte Murray. You know, I think it might have been before or, or early on in the night, an all-star Saturday night. He was there, and he showed up with his daughter. First off, man, I, I my smile is from ear to ear, man. I absolutely love the way that DeJounte uh, is, a, like, the way he 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 uh, brings the family man out of, out of himself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because we all know, like, you know, if you've been following the Spurs and DeJounte for a while, you know, like he's, he's had a couple girlfriends here and there is his, but his daughter has always been, you know, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't believe he's with the the mother currently or, or anymore. Um, but he champions her and she's like his little princess. And you can just, you can feel the love from DeJounte to his daughter. And, and first off, you know, you have everyone walking in, 
all swagged out, right? They're showing like the best fits of the night and all that stuff of, of the all-stars walking into the arena. And then you see DeJounte walking in with his daughter. I just, oh my God, my, my heart literally drops, man. It was, it's so, it's so adorable. It's just so adorable. And, and so he's there and, and, he, and that's who he chose to be with on, on all-star Saturday night. It's amazing, right? DeMar DeRozan was there with his two daughters too. I felt the exact same way. Um, but for DeJounte, just going in there and it was just him and her. I'm like, what a moment. What a moment for, for you and like your daughter and your family. I just thought that was so precious and and and, and so adorable, right? And like so it just goes to show it goes it goes to show you a little bit more of DeJounte as a person right now. It's like, yeah, he's he's hard, he's um he's a leader, you know, he's he's very serious about his craft and all that stuff, but uh, when it went, when that was the way he kind of rolled into this all-star night, right? The lights, the glitz, the glamour of, of all-star weekend and, and the, the big event that it is. And he, and he rolls in with his, with his little girl, who's probably like four years old or something, three, four, maybe five. And it was so wholesome, man. My, my, like I, I literally, my, my, my heart drops just thinking about it. So he's there sitting on the, on the front row. And it, the, the lights are kind of dim. There's something going on, right? You know, there's like, you know, it's like a purple tint to everything. I don't know what was going on at the time. But in comes David Robinson. And he goes and taps DeJounte Murray, like, on the head. Because DeJounte Murray's looking away at this point. And, and he gets up and... Uh, and, you know, gives DeJounte, uh, gives uh, David, uh, David Robinson a hug, right? And they kind of hug it out. You, you can hear uh, David Robinson kind of congratulating DeJounte in that moment. And then they they turn to the his daughter. And DeJounte tells his daughter, he goes, you know, I, they, I guess they've never met before, right? And DeJounte is telling his daughter, this is, you know, this is David Robinson. He played for your dad's team a long time ago when I was your age, when DeJounte Murray was three or four years old, right, is when is when David Robinson was in the silver and black. And I just thought, first off, that was that was so cute. And then David Robinson leans over and he, you know, <laughs> bends over, right? He's talking about a, a three or four-year-old, David Robinson's seven foot or whatever. And he 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 leans over and he tells he tells her, Your daddy's breaking all my records. And and then they laugh and they chuckle about it. I'm just like, what a moment, man. What a moment. For Spurs fans, what a moment for Dejounte and his daughter. What what a moment for Dejounte and David. Um, you know, Dejounte just passed him up in in the triple double count for Spurs for the Spurs organization, right? I think uh, Robinson had fourteen, and Dejounte Murray is is passing that this year. Here or here he did, and he's just going to continue to set that bar even higher because Dejounte still has another you know, five to 10 years left of playing ball somewhere in there. Right. And you know, he's going to get plenty more triple doubles along the way and he's going to blow David Robinson's record out of the water. Uh, but just to see that, to see the spur on spur camaraderie, uh, you know, I think David was extremely, you can just tell how extremely proud he was for DeJounte and how happy he was for DeJounte in that moment. And just to see them kind of dab it up and and uh, and have that 
moment on camera being caught on camera to me i mean that was just it was amazing that was that was awesome that was the best part of saturday night i'm getting goosebumps right now just just thinking about it and talking talking to talking about it with you guys so um i really encourage you guys to to go in and and watch that so let's talk about the all-star game huh the all-star game sunday night it started off just like i thought it would put me to sleep <laughs> the first the first uh quarter put me to sleep and i was really i, I talked about it on my last episode man i can I, I these games they really don't grab me anymore man they're so boring the lack of defense is 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 terrible all right like it's just runways to the basket and three-point shots uh no one's playing at, at least in the first half right and i talked about it in the last episode where I was like, man, these these things are just so boring. But, but I was really interested to see our guy play tonight. I was really interested to see see Dejounte play in this game, and he started off a little bit rocky here and there too. Which you know, he 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 was very much just trying to kind of do what he does out there, and um, it started off a little rocky, I w- I would think. Um, but man, he turned it up. He turned it on. In the second quarter and in the third quarter, he started going. Lamella Ball had and him had some type of weird chemistry, man. It was it was actually pretty nice to see them two flowing together. Um, Lamella Ball had that really nice between the leg alley oop setup for Dejounte. I kind of wish Dejounte caught it and windmilled it at that point. That would have been sick. Um, very much like the Jamal Crawford Blake Griffin dunk. That would have been that would have been nice. Um, and you know, Dejounte started playing a little bit of defense, and it was kind of you. Can, it was kind of weird, you know. You can tell that he was a little bit off. He was like, "Wait, I, I, I'm not supposed to play defense." Within, well, within, well, what do I? How do I do that? You know, it was kind of like he didn't know what to do in that. And when he first checked in, because it was like nobody was playing. But then, you know, in the second half, he turned it on. Everybody kind of turned it on. At that point, um, started it started getting a little bit more competitive there in the third quarter, uh, and Dejounte, you know, had a couple really nice moments, or a couple really cool passes. He had that off the backboard alley oop to himself, which was pretty nice. Um, so he he had his moments, and that's that was important for me, and I think for him too. Is it was like, bro, you're such a team player, but tonight. When you have the ball, it needs to be about you. <laughs> it needs about it needs to be about showcasing what you can do, right? And I think he did that. I think it took him a little while to, to kind of you know figure that out, but but that's totally cool. And and actually in the second half, he played a lot. He played a lot. I mean, Dejounte Murray finished with 27 minutes. The only the only people to have more minutes than him were Joel Embiid at 31 minutes and Devin Booker at 30 minutes. You know, and then it was Dejounte Murray for Team Durant. So you can tell once once the team got going, once the game got going. I sorry, I should say it like that. The, once the game started picking up, they wanted Dejounte out there on the floor because he was actually playing a little bit of defense. Um, let me see, steals Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray had zero steals. That is so funny. That is so funny. Uh, but Dejounte Murray finished with. 17 points he was seven for 11 from the field he knocked down one three-pointer who went one for three uh one of only three guys that got to the free throw line for team durant knocked them both down uh finished with five rebounds five assists not bad one block 
one turnover. Not bad. Not not a bad night for Dejounte. And you know what 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 I talked about on the last episode was how important this game was. I feel like for his confidence, because you we know he's confident, but is he as confident as all those other guys out there that he was with on the floor? Like Dejounte, I feel like still needs to get to that level as you know all these other dudes out there. You know the, all those other guys out there are so solid in like what they are and I feel like this is DeJounte's first year of that trying to figure out what he is and how he's going to play for the Spurs and I you know I talked about the you know the biggest thing for a player is to be recognized and accepted by your peers right and that's I think what most players want you know like they they want to be known as the best they want to be considered one of the best and I think for DeJounte him being out there with all those guys really just did that for him I feel like I feel like hopefully that's what that's the big takeaway is the confidence level and that swagger level that he can carry with himself knowing that hey man I'm an all-star shoot I was with all those all-stars out there on the floor he played well had fun he was part of the whole weekend you know you're considered one of the best you know what I mean, and hopefully he takes that to heart. I, because I, you know, you know, he feels that about himself. I think every player that is successful has to have that "I'm the best player out here" mentality. Um, but hopefully for Dejounte, this weekend just kind of amplified that, and and you know, cemented that in his mind, and hopefully he can carry that into the rest of the season and and his career moving forward. You know, hopefully this isn't the last time he's an All Star. But hopefully he can use this as a launching pad, you know, to take into the future. Um, let's see. Another uh, another thing I want to talk about this night was the was the halftime show that put me to sleep as well. I mean, it was cool seeing all those people there. Uh, but I ended up dozing off at for like 10, 20 minutes of it uh, when they were announcing all the seventy five, the top seventy five players. It pissed me off not to see Manu there or Tony there, but, you know, an- another big caveat to this weekend was the amount of greatness, you know, that there was in that arena. That's what I'm saying. Cleveland, shout out to Cleveland. Cleveland did a great job. Like, the fans, the arena, the or- the, the the whole production was, was awesome. So, I think this is going to be one to remember, this 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 all-star game is going to be remembered for a long time because it's not every year that you I mean you always have some of the legends in there on all-star weekend but to have so much greatness in one gym that blew the roof off I mean come on you I mean I don't know if you saw the footage go, go to my Instagram and just look at my look at through my story and I try to post as much of that footage out there as I can. But it was so funny to see, like, Michael Jordan still talking mess to MJ. I mean, I mean talking mess to Magic Johnson. Uh, in the back, he was just like, hey, let's lace them up and let's go right now, right? Like, like these guys are still ultra competitive and wanting to go at each other and prove that they're the best. I'm the best. I was the best. Hey, you what? You want to go now or what? Like, you know what I mean? You got these old geezers walking around that are that are that are feeling themselves and all that stuff. So it was just it was just such an unbelievable night in the in the 
in the history of the game, um, All Star seven All Star the seventy fifth anniversary, which was I think was the seventy second All Star game. I don't know. Um, is definitely going to be one that goes down in the history books as one of the greatest nights in NBA history. Man, you had you had the who's who, man, of 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 NBA players there. I mean, come on, you had all my idols there. You had. Yeah, if you whoever your favorite player was growing up, if he's still alive, you know he was there. Uh, it was it was such a special night. You know what I mean? Like it was just so cool to see them interact. One of the funniest things, though, I thought about. One of the funniest things about this night that I thought of was uh, was Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, even around all those people, you would think he'd crack a smile and be like, look happy to be there, but the dude looks so awkward. Like, there's that one video of, like, the panoramic picture, right? Like, they have them all together. And, and then the, the video starts off from the right the, the right side and starts panning left. And everyone's smiling. Every single person, old, young, whoever is smiling. And then you see Kawhi Leonard. He's just stone-faced in the middle of everybody. Just not, like, doesn't, like, you know, no emotions. And then it keeps panning, and everyone on the left side is still smiling, laughing, having a good time, enjoying each other's company, and just enjoying the night. And I'm not saying that Kawhi didn't enjoy the night, but if you look at Kawhi Leonard, you know there, uh, <laughs> it def it definitely it was the most Kawhiest thing ever, man, because he just looked like he did not care at all. And you know, I don't know, it was just so weird and awkward. But um, and another thing that was funny is that the Spurs put out like. Spurs in the top 75 and they had George Gervin, they had David Robinson, they had Tim Duncan. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard as a part of that picture. And that's, you know, that's a different discussion for another day if he should be, you know, grouped up with them. But, you know, those other three are lifetime Spurs, you know, um, in their careers and, and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a great weekend of basketball the it did not disappoint the rising star challenge was a lot of fun all-star saturday night was was awesome until the end and the all-star game sure started off a little bit slow put me to sleep a little bit in that first quarter um but once it got going it was pretty awesome the way it ended was awesome right the 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 you had a couple things going on at the same time. One, it was a close game. They had the Elam ending, right? Which means that they had to get to a specific score to end the actual game. It wasn't like time was going to run out. So you had Curry, who was trying to break the all-time record, scoring record, who who fell a little bit short. But he took like, you know, four out of the last seven shots down the stretch. Um, and then you had Zach Levine come down and hit a big bucket and then... DeMar DeRozan hit a big bucket and then LeBron James the Cleveland native right um ends up closing out the game with that little post up turnaround jumper uh he was double teamed too I think at that point um and knocks it down and and what a perfect way to end the night um another like funny little anecdote to this weekend was Steph Curry getting booed the entire time, the entire time he was there, the Cleveland fans were just giving it to Curry. That was so funny. And uh, that's probably why he went off. <laughs> that's probably why he was going off, man. Curry had an unbelievable night. 
who was throwing up threes left and right, turning around, doesn't even see him go in, heads back the other way. Um, it was an epic night. It, it really was. The game turned around and got really awesome, I think, in the second half. The whole the whole like ceremony in the middle and having all those great players there was amazing. Um, DeJounte Murray getting you know his recognition and 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 that credit was awesome as well. So it was just it was a great weekend of, of basketball. All right, when we get back, we're gonna talk a little bit about what the Spurs have coming up on the schedule. So the Spurs are three and two on this All Star break, right? They got three wins against the Atlanta Hawks, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Oklahoma City Thunder. The two losses are coming from Cleveland and the Chicago Bulls, and they have three games left on this rodeo road trip. Against uh, on Friday is the first one against the Washington Wizards, the New Look Wizards. We'll see if Porzingis is there to play uh, or not. And then on Saturday, so they got a back-to-back, uh, they're going to go and head to Miami to play the Heat, which will be a very tough game. And then they're going to close it out on Monday against the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. So three big games coming up on the schedule to close out this month and the Rodeo Road Trip. Uh, it's been a pretty pretty successful road trip. I mean, y'all remember just a short two years ago where I think we only won one game. We went like one and eight or one and nine or whatever it was. It was terrible. That was a terrible. I mean, these the past few years have been extremely rough on the road. Um, but this team is is at least putting up a fight. They're they're beating teams that are on their level or below. Uh, you know, again for the past two years that has not been the case. Um, but you know, we're going to close this thing out. Hopefully we can take, I, you know, for, if I want me to make a, if you want me to make a prediction right now, I think the wizards are going to be tough. I don't think they're just going to roll over and die. Um, so hopefully Friday, the Spurs right now are, are putting in that work, are back in the gym and are trying to get better. Right. So, you know, we would like to see the Spurs go ahead and, and, uh, and take down Washington because then you got two extremely tough games after that, right? Miami is going to be another fun game, and and I, you know, I would like to see us compete against Miami. Um, you know, we'll see if if we have enough in the tank to to come up with a victory. You know, Bam Adebayo is going to be a problem. You know that Jimmy Butler is going to be a problem. Kyle Lowry as well. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then we got Memphis, right? Now, that is the game I'm circling right now with my finger, right? I'm like, this game right here is a big-time game. Um, not just for our record, right? We need the win. Um, but they are who we want to be, right? I talked about it on on the, the video I did uh, on, on which, you know, where I had uh, the guys from the Alamo City Limits podcast on, and we talked about, you know, what's better, draft pick or play-in, right? Well, the Memphis Grizzlies kind of took that road of dropping to the bottom, getting John Morant, Jared Jackson. Now they're, and then last year, they, they made the play-in, made the playoffs, got bounced in the first round. Now this year, right, this three-year span, now this year, they're one of the better teams in the Western Conference. They That's who we want to be, right? We want to get to the play-in soon so we can start getting closer to making the playoffs. Now, if you think we need a draft pick before that, I, I'm not going to argue that, but I also feel like 
it's not impossible with with what we have now. Um, and it's just a statement game. I think if you go into Memphis and you can win that game in Memphis, I think that that does a lot for you as a team. That does a lot for your unit and the confidence that you have, the, the people that are there, right? So, you know, that's that's a big statement game. Um, you know, and then we're going to start off March with a game against the Kings, which is another important game when talking about uh, this playing race and, and positioning and and what you know, we got to we got to I think we're split right now with the Kings. So that game will come on Thursday, next Thursday. Uh, but, you know, to finish out this road trip, you know, Washington, Miami, Memphis, you know, we want to take care of Washington. Let me see where they're at actually right now in the standings. The Washington Wizards are in 11th, 27 and 31. So they're doing slightly better than us in the record wise. Um, but they just, you know, made a couple trades. Porzingis has been giving us a lot of trouble, so we'll see if uh, if that continues or if he even plays or not. So um, Bradley Beal isn't having you know one of the best seasons of his career either. So you know if the Spurs can get rolling a little bit here. Now I'm not saying that. Oh my God, you know since this trade deadline, the Spurs have been playing the best basketball of their of the year and you know like are, things are going to change no i'm not saying that and the reason why i don't think that's going to happen is because we're not doing it doing anything different you know what i mean in order for for us to change i think we would have to start doing a few things differently on offense it's like we need to start running more plays for Dejounte. we need to start running more plays for devin vassell and we got to get Keldon a couple more looks um so he can start kind of rolling and getting in his bag and, and kind of running some set stuff for those guys. And if, if we keep running just this, the same type of motion offense that we're, that we're doing right now, I think the proof is in the pudding. We're going to get what we've gotten. Right. And so, you know, if we just keep doing this stuff where everyone, everyone touches the ball and, and, and we're, we're just running a lot of that stuff, then I don't think, I don't think we're going to see much difference now. Um, I do believe that, you know, there's a chance that we can get to this play in race and, and hopefully make the play in and, and maybe win one game and, and, you know, take it from there. But, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, right now, if, uh, looking at the standings, the Spurs are currently in the 12th spot or 11th spot, uh, tied with the 12th spot with the Pelicans. And, um, you know, we're just a couple games back, you know, we're three games back from the ninth spot for, uh, uh, yeah, three games. Wait, wait, where are we? Four games back from the ninth spot, which are the Lakers right now. Two games back from Portland. That is, uh, they're at twenty-five and thirty-four, right? And we're at thirty. I mean, okay, they're at twenty-five and thirty-four. They're two games ahead of us. The Portland Trailblazers are, and we're at twenty-three and thirty-six, right? So, it's not impossible, but we'll see. See how this plays out. There's really not any more time left in the season to to start doing anything different, you know, unless they're putting it in now, unless the guys are in the gym now and they're, and they're, and they're working on kind of, you know, the new sets or what we're going to do. But, you know, teams don't do that. Teams don't change who they are mid season. Why? It's not that you, you can't, it's just that it's extremely hard to do, right? It's extremely hard to do with the time that you have. And it would take like a four or five day span like now in order to do that. But you know what? I, you just you, you don't. I think as a coach, you don't do that. So that's why I kind of think we are who we are. You know, it's going to kind of depend on how many games we can squeeze out of this last bunch of games that we have and kind of where the other teams fall 
you know, so so we'll see if we make this play in or not. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we don't. But like I've said before, I'm always up for developing our young players. And I think a, a play-in would do great for KJ, Devin Vassell, DeJounte. So that's what's coming up this week uh, of Spurs basketball. So it's been a long one, guys. Make sure that you rate this podcast down below. You uh, write a review if you enjoyed it. That helps us you know, kind of move up the rankings and, and podcasts. So when you search up San Antonio Spurs podcast, you know, we're trying to be one of the top dogs up there, right? So appreciate you guys for hanging out. It's been a long one, about an hour long. Uh, go Spurs, go. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Florida Vida.